This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show and today I'm joined with Barack Ziberberg who is a philanthropist and entrepreneur and is also a 2024 Republican candidate for the President of the United States. So Barack, thanks for joining me. Yes, hi, how are you Michael? Good morning uh, on my side and good afternoon, late afternoon on yours. It's a pleasure, thank you for having me on your podcast and uh, I'm looking forward for our conversation wholeheartedly. Oh, and by the way, uh, I'm not in the Republican Party. I'm nonpartisan. I'm in the middle. So uh, I'm not on either side, just straight down the middle. So is that classed as independent then? Because I did did read somewhere that you were a Republican initially. So why did you decide to to shift? Well, the the thing is, is there's too much, uh, you know, factors to the right and too many factors to the left on both parties, and they're not bringing it in to uh, the American people. And there's, it has to be a time that someone can bridge the, the gap. It's not about parties here. It's about the country. It's about the American people. Uh, and that's where everything correlates. And also uh, adhering to our constitutional rights, our freedom, uh, everything in the beautiful fundamentals of our country here in the USA. That's what it's all about. So, uh, you know, I'm coming out, I'm sticking out my neck, not only as a U.S. citizen, uh, but, uh, you know, in order to strain things out here as a philanthropist, as an advocate, as an entrepreneur, whereas we have to run the country as a business. Numbers are very important. Numbers never lie, um, and uh, we have to run the, the country in a business sense where uh, it makes sense, dollars and cents. It does make me think, actually, that there's been a bit of an issue, I guess, when it comes to politics, and whether it's left or right or in the middle or for or against things, it's all becoming very us versus them, and I wonder if you'd like you know, to say your your piece about that and why you think politics needs to change? Yes. Well, um, basically, uh, the whole world consists in our nation, if you think about it. Uh, people migrate into this wonderful country wanting to be part of this wonderful country because of the opportunities that we have here to grasp. So therefore, uh, we have a melting pot here in the United States, and uh, it must be understood uh, that we're all equal, you know, no matter what race, color, religion, gender, uh, you know, sexual orientation, it's all irrelevant. We have great laws here in this country, whereas uh, if we adhere to the laws and we obey as to the factors of the laws here in this country, uh, and you do the right things, uh, you can progress uh, greatly and, uh, and, and move to heights unimaginable here. There's no limits here in this country. So, um, and it is a great country. We have our freedom, we have our rights. Uh, they're trying to uh, take that away from us, uh, but uh, uh, under no circumstances, nobody should take away our freedom. And that's why everybody comes here to this great country. Uh, for the freedom, for the opportunities uh, of, of hard work 
and grasping on and, and, and moving on up. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry, your question was, um, sir, uh, I kind of went on a tangent, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, it, it was about like the, the reason why politics needs to change yeah. and why you think things need to be done differently. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then, um, you know, we're in debt, we're in uh, almost $19 trillion more in debt. And then we're just growing each and every day. We're not getting out of the hole. Um, and that's because uh, we're not running this country as a business. And then there's people that are entering this country illegally and not even contributing or paying taxes into our nation. And we're subsidizing them as well. You know, there's things that um, have to make sense. We have to uh, correlate those issues and factors uh, and bring it on in. Get out of debt, uh, pay our debts to everybody, run this country in a surplus of money, and uh, provide uh, for, for us, the people, domestically here. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of issues here. Um, just as in other countries, but here more so, we our homeless population is growing, affordability is not there, people can't meet, uh, they can't make ends meet, um, and uh, it's hard out there, and people are going out in the street, and I'm talking to you about professional people who have uh, studied, uh, you know, in their lives, their teachers, their nurses, and they're homeless. Uh, vets are homeless, and, and, and we're one of the richest uh, countries in the nation, of course, in debt, uh, but uh, we should be able to help those people that are in need and get them back into the communities working and, uh, and, and providing uh, for our communities and never giving up. Now, if you notice, none of the leaders that are in position mention the homeless. I never heard of them mention homeless. Uh, it never came up in, in any of the presidencies. And uh, when I become president, uh, commander in chief of the United States of America, that issue will be brought into light. And we're going to go ahead and uh, surplus nonprofit organizations to subsidize and help uh, you know, on the needs of mental illness, homeless, uh, and also in research and development to cure cancer and diseases. Uh, there's no reason why uh, we cannot cure cancer or why people are going through chemotherapy uh, and doing all these treatments, you know, because of it's lucrative, uh, obviously. Uh, and I think it's wrong, you know, injecting poison into people uh, and then they have no choice because they have the cancer. Uh, it should be curable by now. I mean, we're in the already in the 20th century, uh, you know, and not uh, to mention 2024, uh, we should be ahead of the game. We're lacking behind from other countries. Uh, we're, we're, I mean, we, we should be ahead of the game. Um, we should also have fast transit systems to and from our cities, just like other countries. Uh, and uh, we should manufacture our own goods here in the United States. 90% uh, of our surplus of pharmaceuticals is coming from China and all different parts. Why are we, why are we drilling here and resourcing our oil? Why are we buying oil, uh, you know, abroad in other countries? I don't understand. Let's put our people to work here. Let's drill. 
let's have our gasoline at $2 a gallon, maybe less, uh, and still keep our families working, American families, and uh, keep things moving economically in our nation. And that goes for the manufacturing as well, and, uh, and the tech the tech and the cybersecurity. Um, there, there's a lot of things that is in need here in this country. And uh, that's why I'm running as president of the United States of America. There has to be a face and a face that uh, someone or people or countries or leaders should take seriously, you know. Uh, and I don't believe uh, they are taking us seriously and it's time they do. What are your thoughts on this idea that a few people have and a few people came up with, and it's the idea that a lot of people in power, leaders, that sort of thing, they often say things to get elected, so to say, whether it's a popularity contest I hear flowing around, or, or there's lots of cynical people out there, to be honest. And then when they're in office, they realize just how complicated the situation is and how difficult it is to make these decisions because a lot of people i imagine would want what you just said and then i was like okay well when you're in office how easy or straightforward or possible are these things that you're wanting to change and wanting to happen right well to sit in the white house and uh, wait till the bills uh, comes on your desk that's not the notion. The notion is going into Capitol Hill, going into the House of Representatives, going to the Senate, and moving around and advising uh, both sides in the House and Senate, you know, uh, and convince them as to you know why we should move forward in this direction, and 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 have them understand through communications and both sides and all sides. I'm just the middleman. I'm. I'm basically the third party here. You know, I'm just the I'm the broker making a deal. Uh, so, and as being a broker and making a deal and negotiating, you know, um, it's it, we could do things very rapidly, quickly, efficiently, and you know, they know if it passes, then it goes on my desk. I will sign it, you know, because it's already negotiated. You know, that's how it has to work. And it's not, and again, you know, uh, it's just what's right for the people. That's all what it is. It's the 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 power here in the United States is of the people. If we don't have the people here, there is no economy, there is no nation, there is nothing. So uh, people have to understand, and those that are in leadership positions, um, that they're to facilitate and work as public servants for the people, you know? So uh, with my experience and traveling and, and, and ongoing of, uh, you know, hearing people's pains and wants and leadership and direction uh, due to my past experiences and my ongoing experiences with uh, people, uh, I know where to move the needle and that's for you, for the people. And that's what I'll do when I'm in the White House. Now, I also have a nonprofit organization called the Zilberberg Foundation. And uh, I just uh, bought a piece of property on Fremont Street. And there's two streets that are uh, the most known in Las Vegas. One being uh, Las Vegas Strip 
And the other one is Freeman. Freeman is where it really started. Uh, you know, if you go back in history, that's the street that started Las Vegas. So I have a piece of property there and I'm already uh, in negotiations with the school next door because there's a school and there. I'm in negotiations with uh, actually city council, Olivia Diaz and also Michael Howe, head of planning. And they like my uh, vision and my idea and I'm gonna build a public library called the Zilberberg Foundation Library, all right? So in the library, it's, gonna, it's of course, uh, my foundation will have a three-story library, be beautiful, unbelievable, with a coffee shop in there. And uh, we're going to also do tutorials, tutorials, and it's going to be a library for all walks of life to enter, uh, but more importantly, children. And what we're going to do is we're going to make sure we have all of the merchants and the intricacies of them, uh, you know, knowing what they don't teach in schools, uh, such as, uh, you know, being financial independent and how to earn, how to save, how to invest your money and how to have the most impeccable credit, how to uh, negotiate and in, in buying your first home. And I'm going to I'm going to encourage to. Uh, for children to buy their first home, be homeowners. And I'll make it affordable for them as well, because in my nonprofit, uh, we, we do uh, emphasize on affordable housing. I already know how to do it, and, and we have everything in place. So we'll have affordable housing they could enter once they learn the fundamentals. And also putting the children to work at age 13, so they gain experience, uh, you know, communication skills. Um, and uh, and then we'll have bank accounts open so they could go ahead and uh, the vendors, their bosses, or whomever they're working for can funnel the money into their account. They can't touch it at age 18. We already figured out uh, what their strengths, what their weaknesses, where their talents are. We know their talents. We know where to channel them and how they can succeed and flourish after high school. They're not confused. And meanwhile, they have savings in their account so they could go ahead and put a down payment on their first home. Uh, and, uh, you know, in school, they don't teach those fundamentals and that's what we're gonna do. Uh, furthermore, we're gonna have a studio uh, in the library, uh, podcast studio, studio so, uh, you know, some kids are very vocally talented, they're talented, we need to uh, channel them in the right directions as well, uplift everybody, uh, and uh, I like to, and I'm going into a, a, like a, a low income area with my library, so uh, my goal is to uplift not only the, the community, the children, but up, uplift uh, the whole area. You know, and, and it'll be a whole different side over there, you know, uh, bringing things up. Now, as president, uh, my goal is to uh, have instead of a two percentile of wealth, I'm looking to a 40 to a 50 percentile of wealth. Well, how do we do it? We do it uh, through educational, uh, giving the knowledge, the power, uh, emphasis on education education for the real world you know just as i uh, i've been taught since i was a kid you know the real world 
Um, there is no if, ands, or maybes. There is no imaginative, imaginative world. It was all, uh, you know, it was real. Uh, it, it was to the core, and it's reality. And reality is great. You know, you have to deal with reality. Uh, and, and reality challenges you, and, and you set the bar high. You challenge yourself, uh, even going beyond the limits that you can even imagine. So I believe in everybody. The bottom line is I believe in everybody's uh, strengths, talents, and I believe anybody could be whomever they want to, period. I wonder what, because it, it, let's say all this happens. Let's say you build the library, everything goes ahead, no matter what it is. So things that may happen in the future that you want to create, that sort of thing. Let's say it all happens and everyone has the equality that we've been discussing what happens then so in this Zibberberg world where everything is the you know everyone has equal opportunity equal ability to do the thing that they want to do what happens then well what happens is everybody rises together and we're in peace and we're in harmony uh, we should also broker uh, uh, through initiatives and treaties with other countries of peace, you know, there's no reason to facilitate all this weaponry and uh, and for them to fight and there's bloodshed and there's loss of lives and, uh, and injured and the disabled out of the outcome. And furthermore, uh, you know, the decimated, uh, you know, structures. Now go, you have to go build and, and, and repair and fix and maybe even, you know, demolish and, you know, build all new. Uh, so the whole thing doesn't make sense. Um, if I mean, it, it, words are easier to distribute rather than missiles. That's my notion. And then why don't we put um, the factors of, uh, you know, those missiles into our educational system for our children, you know, and for our future? You know, we're, we're going to be gone sometime. Uh, who's going to carry on? Who's going to Who's the next generations? Our children, uh, and then they they have children and further children and, and generations and millions and millions of years to come. The world should be preserved, uh, you know, as long as it can. That's the bottom line. Um, yeah, it's just a matter of sitting with the leaders, uh, understanding what each side wants, um, and uh, com coming to a happy medium. That's it. You know, hey, you give some from your end, you give some from your end. We finish this thing. You know, I mean, you're not the happiest. You're not the happiest, but we're in the middle and uh, we're at peace. So let's sign it. Let's ink it. Let's put it in history books. That's what it's all about. You know, and, and, and um, yeah, it's a very delicate time now. I mean, we could, I mean, I believe we're in World War III now. People say we're not, but yeah, Iran is already in the war. Uh, we're in the war. Uh, Israel is in the war. The Palestinian people are in the war. Furthermore, Ukrainian, the Russian, everything is all a mix here, you know. And then we have the NATO. Um, so, I mean, it, it could get ugly. It really could, you know. Uh, and I think uh, instead of putting gasoline in the fire, we need to extinguish the fire. We have to utilize water. 
Water will extinguish the fire. Don't put gasoline. And I think there's a lot of leaders that just put gasoline in the fire and erupt it even, you know, further. Uh, so uh, that, that's my notion. This is, you know, uh, what I like to do. Uh, additionally, I was mentioning about uh, the project of the library, but uh, we're looking to build 100 units uh, on the, the parcel as well. So we can uh, facilitate for affordable rental housing. And, and I was, uh, you know, inferring uh, the affordable rental housing uh, for teachers. Uh, so I'd like to facilitate for the teachers to the percentage of the uh, building as being affordable housing for that. When you think about it, it sounds a lot more collaborative, a lot more working with one another, coming to some kind of agreement, possible compromise, that sort of thing. And a lot of the issues that you've mentioned that you're proposing to solve, they've been around for a while, we've had the solutions for a while, it sounds like we've already got the ability to solve these things. So in your mind, why hasn't it been done before? Because I'm kind of assuming then that the problem is actually a human-based problem. The problem is how we communicate, how we work together, the competitiveness, the fact that we all somewhat want things for ourselves in a way so that we benefit, so that we're happy, so that we're at peace ourselves. It sounds very much like a person problem, a human problem, as opposed to a purely kind of numbers problem. Yes, oh, absolutely. Uh, well, everybody, everybody has to, uh, you know, get get rid of their egoism. These leaders have to come down and be grounded and humbleize themselves. You know, it's very important to be humble. Uh, and uh, for a lot of people, uh, that's not possible, unfortunately. So when you have the ego in it and you have, uh, you know, the hatred and the revenge, and all these fundamentals, then um, and there's a lot of disruption. Not only that, I mean, there's um, a lot of corruption, you know, within the systems as well. I mean, uh, um I mean, I'm sure in leadership, uh, in any administration that was here, none of them were straight. I mean, uh, they're taking bribes. People are uh, funneling, you know, millions of dollars to these leaders, and uh, they're just uh, channeling in the notions that are in the wrong directions because of the money they're, they're uh, facilitating for the, the person. You have to facilitate if you take money from someone, you know, they have to facilitate whether it's right or wrong. And I believe you shouldn't take money from anybody. I believe you should lead with your heart and what is right for the people. Yeah, I don't want money. I don't want anything. Uh, whether it's right or wrong, I don't want anything. All I want is it to be right and no wrongs, you know. Uh, so if it's wrong, I'm just walking out the door. You know, we're, we're done with the conversation. If it's right, I listen, I'll sit. And even if it's wrong, I listen and sit into the conversation. Uh, you know, I could, I could take bullets and arrows. I, I could take anything, you know. And uh, um, basically, uh, if it benefits the people, I'm in it. If, I, if it doesn't, I just simply won't. And that's what we have to, uh, that's what the leaders should do. Uh, you know, put boundaries, 
you know, and have some integrity and, and dignity in themselves, you know. It's like selling your mother for a dollar. I mean, would you sell your mother for a dollar? I mean, I wouldn't sell my mother for no. nothing, you know. There's, why would I want to sell my country, you know, for a dollar or anything? I mean, why would you want to sell the people, your, the American people, the people that, uh, that are so loyal and faithful and work hard uh, and contribute so much money to this nation and taxes and tax revenue? Where is your loyalty as a leader? So that that's basically in a nutshell of uh, my perspective of the whole thing here, you know. And meanwhile, uh, we're sending billions of dollars to uh, not only uh, uh, to Ukraine, we're sending now to Israel, we're sending over to humanitarian aid for the Palestinians, we're sending on both sides uh, it's just, you know, uh, I mean, we have to facilitate. I'm not saying because somebody stirred it up, you know, as they say. And, and I'll tell you very frank, uh, very frankly, Benjamin Netanyahu, which is the prime minister of Israel, people want to overthrow him from leadership. And what he did is also Biden, too. I mean, Biden, people are not happy with Biden. I mean, economically, people are hurting here in the United States. You know, they're hurting. We're at the utmost numbers in, in debt. $1.1 trillion of debt. People are, you wow. think they're, they're making the money that they're making and living and facilitating their lives. They're taking loans on their homes. Okay, they're dipping into their equity. And then they're also uh, on credit card. The credit card debt is an all-time high. So uh, there's no affordability. People are pinching, yet we're sending money for wars. Uh, and, I mean, it's not beneficial for both sides, you know. And I just don't understand uh, the logistics. I do understand what it is because, like I said, Benjamin Netanyahu doesn't want to uh, – he doesn't want to be uh, – overthrown from his uh, his throne and his leadership. He wants to stay in position. So what do you do? You create a war. You plan this thing out. You plan it with Hamas. He's in good relations with Hamas too. Don't think he isn't. They talk all the time. You know, they play the game. Everybody plays the game. They're billionaires. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is a billionaire. He's a corrupt politician. And that goes for Hamas too, you know, billionaires sitting over there and creating this war. And then meanwhile, Joe Biden's in this too. So uh, Joe Biden wants to get reelected now. So he's in compliance with the wars and everything. It's a distraction. So when you're in, in positions of war, then whoever is already in place of the war, they're thinking, okay, you know, now they can't throw me out of power. Um, I, I have to stay in position because we're at war. We're in a turmoil. Who's going to take the steering wheel at this point, you know? So everything is strategic, you know, uh, and uh, those are the notions in, in, this, in this political game, you know, and it's all politics and uh, it's disgusting. It really is, you know, it just, it just saddens me, the whole thing, you know. And we don't have leaders, uh, not only they're corrupt, but they, they don't have a sense of, uh, of common, common sense. Uh, just simply common sense. You know, I mean, one plus one is equal to two, right? I mean, 
just common sense. You go and you drive in your car, right? And nobody tells you, uh, you know, you have a direction of where you're going, but you know, there's certain circumstances that happen when driving a car. And you got to be on the offensive, defensive side. Same thing in life. Um, there's no instructions. You just got to uh, be very, very sharp, witty, and, and and know as to where the directions are going at the time and the changes and move with them, you know, and understand how to move with them. The most efficient, productive, and, 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 a, and a solution where you, you actually put out a fire, you know, it's really neat. And that's what I've been doing all my life as an entrepreneur. Every day I'm thrown with situations, with circumstances. Life isn't like hokey-dory, you know. It's, uh, it's not flowers out there. The fact remains is that we all have problems. I have problems. You have problems. Everybody has problems. But it's the way we uh, solve them. We, we have the problem coming to us. And what we do is we dissect the problem. So uh, you do the process of elimination. You know, there's certain uh, process of elimination of eliminations of the problem until you find the solution. And you find the solution quickly, effectively, get it out of the way, next problem, next problem, next problem. So I go head on with the problem. I have no problem with problems. I love problems because without problems, there is no solutions that is needed. And plus the fact that uh, there is no interpretation and in economic growth without problems. If you don't have problems, then simply you don't, you don't get ahead in, in the ways you need to, whether it's uh, financially or mentally, physically, in any which way, you know, is what you're intaking into your uh, mind, into your soul, into your body. Uh, and uh, it's very important that the person has to be self-sufficient. The person must uh, be self-sufficient upon themselves, know who they are, love themselves. If you love yourself, and you can love others. If you can help yourself, you could help others as well, you know. Uh, so first is helping yourself, uh, being financially independent, uh, holding your own weight. Once you've accomplished that, then, uh, you know, you want to, if you want to build a family, you want to have children, uh, you want others to depend on you, then uh, you're able to uh, facilitate. The same thing in anything in life. Uh, and anything you uh, put your mind to, uh, and wherever you want to go and where you want to be. I'm really curious about how you make decisions. So whether it's judging something as right or wrong, that sort of thing. How do you make your decisions? And you brought up things like some politicians may be corrupt, they're taking deals from other countries to allow certain things to happen that sort of thing what if that at least shows to be starting to happen to you some people are trying to manipulate you get you to agree to certain things because i'm i'm imagining this being a thing that's been happening for generations 
what what if that starts to happen to you like what happens then what what if you're having to go against almost everybody else to be able to do this thing that deep down you know to be right so like a two or three part question there but how do you make decisions and then what if people or countries or other leaders are trying to pull you away from those decisions right well um basically uh uh, the decision making is very—it's very simple for me. Uh, I, as I said, uh, I go head on with uh, uh, the decisions that are to be made. I make them pretty much on the spot, but sometimes um, I need to think and sleep on it. So I take about a, a day or two and then decide. I let it settle in because. Um, you know, uh, it's a little bit a ways of what my thinking is, but then I always uh, take everything into perspective and weigh it. Depends on also uh, the matter and the issue too, you know. Uh, the things that are easy, you could, you know, make the quick decisions as needed and you know they're, you're doing it uh, you know, in a productive way and, um, and it's solved. Uh, those are easy. The ones that are more head-on and difficulty situations, whereas especially when it's millions and billions of people, not only millions of people in this country, but billions around the world, uh, people need to understand um, that if you're in leadership, and especially a president of the United States, uh, you're not only the CEO of the uh, United States, you're the CEO of the world, you know. Um, so you have to be in great relations. What, how I have achieved uh, and solved a lot of my uh, decision making is because of, my having, of me having the relationships that I have in my spheres, in my workplace, within my, uh, my people that work uh, for me. Uh, directly, indirectly, uh, just having uh, wonderful relationships with people. And that goes for leaders around the world. As being a president of the United States, you have to have uh, great relationships with each country. It doesn't matter, um, you know, if there's differences, you know, amongst our country and others. Uh, it's a matter of respect, you know, and, and, and acknowledging and... Uh, ascertaining the information and adapting to the countries and the cultures uh, that everything correlates with that particular country. Uh, I have friends that are, uh, you know, multi-diverse uh, uh, in different ways, and, uh, and I, I relate to them very well. You know, uh, I know their culture, I know their backgrounds, I know uh, the history of um, each religion, uh, you know, uh, ethnicities, what they went through. Uh, so all of that comes to play, you know, as to the upbringings of, uh, you know, uh, people in different countries. Uh, so you have to be sharp. You have to understand uh, that it's, uh, that it is the fact that it's uh, multicultural and, uh, and respect one another. Be friends, be, be, be in the best relations. Uh, with the leader. So you could get a lot more done uh, and you could communicate effectively and in a respectful way. 
And yeah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, obviously I'm in a lot of conferences. Uh, I, I, I say I, I have to sleep on it, you know, um, give me a day and figure this out, you know, and then I, and then I, tomorrow I wake up differently, you know, I have a, um, a whole different perspective because it, when you saturate and intake all of that information, uh, sometimes you, you just got to digest it, just like the food that we eat. Uh, we, we go ahead and intake food in our, and our digestive system is working to uh, get it all digested and out. And, and then uh, same thing in, 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 a, in, in everything, in anything you do. Um, so yeah, that's the fact. And, and, and making uh, the right decisions. And, and I've made the right decisions in life. I made wrong decisions. I'm not perfect. There's nobody that's perfect out there. Uh, but what I've learned is I've learned from other people's uh, successes and people's failures. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I've learned from those people as to what decisions uh, we should make in past history and decisions they made uh, and the paths that they went and then personal experiences as well that I encumbered in my life, you know, so it, it all correlates to the decisions that uh, are to be made that are effective. It's interesting, isn't it? Because in the position of power, you know, as as president, you're there to essentially solve problems that there aren't many people in the position to solve. And then if anyone has any major problems, any you're the, the last person that can make these decisions and sign off on things. And it's making me think what happens if a decision could potentially have negative consequences for a certain kind of person or country what what happens then? There must be so much that goes into these decisions, so much thought process that goes in, the different consequences, sometimes long-term consequences. How do you balance all of that? It sounds like an impossible job. Oh, no, no. I mean, you have to be uh, built for it and born with it. Uh, and, and I tell you right now, you have to be young enough to deal with it too. I mean... Look at the front runners now in the United States. Uh, supposedly, it looks like it's Biden and then uh, it's Trump, right? I mean, they're working together as one. It's not like they're not working together. Each one addresses each other and, and, and uh, media and, and all this stuff. It's all strategic. Um, bottom line is uh, they're both they're older men. Uh, Personally, I think they should be in a convalescent home. That's what I believe. They're, they're, we need a young, we need, we need young, we need a fresh human being in office, okay? And interesting enough, I mean, I'm 53 years old. Uh, I have uh, three uh, adult kids uh, being 28, 25, uh, 20. And then now um, I have a newborn. Uh, I have a newborn, uh, well, not newborn, she's already uh, almost two years old in September, and now I have another child, and I just found out yesterday that I'm having a boy, so wow. I have a girl and a boy, yeah, so I mean, the bottom line is, you know, I'm in, I'm in all of the generations, if you think about it, uh, I'm, a, I'm also, I'm not the, a baby boomer generation, that's my father, but I've learned a lot from the baby boomers. 
I've learned a lot from all the generations. So I go down all the way to Gen Z as well. So I could correlate with uh, all different ages and brackets. And uh, yeah, I'm changing diapers just as, uh, you know, <laughs> all the parents out there facilitating for, uh, you know, their children. And you know what? There, there was, it was, baby, it was uh, baby boomers at the time, but I believe this generation uh, should be named Corona boomers, the pandemic boomers, you know, because, um, you know, it's very surprising China. Uh, they're, uh, now they're encouraging, you know, to uh, reproduce, which uh, they limited for one for uh, one child per family, but now they're crying for more children all of a sudden. So I just encourage if you could reproduce, reproduce, you know, bring more beautiful human beings in this world. And uh, uh, I believe you should be responsible as a parent. Uh, parenting is a serious job and marriage as well. And uh, I believe we should also have educational uh, fundamentals regarding marriage and, and being a parent. Very important before entering even into it, even thinking about it, learning about it as, as how to be successful in those subjects um, is very important because you want your, your kids to come out, uh, you know, uh, great. Uh, you want to, you, I mean, of course, it's not your say in the end of the day, once they're older, they do whatever they want to do, but it's your job in the beginning to kind of set uh, the foundation and the fundamentals. Uh, and, and also in respect to your spouse, respecting one another and heading in the, in the, in both heading in the same direction. It's very important, not one against each other, you know, it doesn't work. Uh, and choosing the right partner in your life is very important too. You know, it's a key factor if you're in a relationship and you want to move on with children and uh, a family life. Uh, so yeah, and, and 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 it squares you up. I mean, it squares me up, keeps me in line, keeps me uh, responsible on my tippy toes, uh, edgy. I don't. I never like to feel comfortable. I always like to feel on the edge, you know, the more I feel on the edge, the more changes, uh, the more I move, the more I adapt to things, the more I uh, progress, you know, and that's how I work. So what is the biggest or best lesson that the younger generation has taught you? And then the, the older generation as well. So let's go younger and older. Well, the older and the younger are two, I mean, it's, it's, it's a ways away. Uh, so I like to interpret some of the uh, fundamentals of the olders a little bit into the younger and a little bit of the younger to the older. Uh, in other words, uh, teaching the children of hard work you know, of, of blood, sweat, and tears for uh, whatever you're passionate. And, and you know, because bottom line is to sit all day in social media and the computer and play uh, and the gamers who uh, they just game all day, uh, you know, they, there, there is no progress in that. Um, versus going and, and, and actually putting effort, going to work uh, and, and making money you know, getting out of trouble, you know, working is, I never saw anybody die from working. I mean, uh, nobody died from working. 
uh, you wake up in the morning, you know, you have to be somewhere at a certain time, you have to report somewhere, whether it's on your own, or you have to report to yourself or to your boss, one or the two, you work within your day, uh, you go ahead, you make money, if you're not distracted, and you're, you're not in trouble, and you're making money. Hopefully, you could save some of that money so you could invest it so that money can work for you in the end of the day. So it's not a problem whatsoever. Uh, getting enough sleep, eating right, uh, and, uh, and, and being alert and awake, uh, the time period that you're working, and give it your best, and be the best in what you do. It's very important, you know, uh, being uh, the utmost best of your subject and, and your passion. That's how you'll succeed. Now, um, basically interpreting those values into our children, I think uh, we're, we're going to bridge the gap uh, of uh, poverty. We're going we're gonna to get out of poverty and we'll get the, the, the poverty class or the lower class that are in poverty and distress into the middle class, middle class into uh, you know, the wealth and, uh, and, and where we are uh, in the country of the two percentile in wealth. Um, teaching and literacy and health as well is very important. Very important. You should, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I believe uh, the food uh, that we intake is very important. What we put in our bodies uh, and understanding how much food we put in our bodies um, and we have to discipline ourselves within our bodies, within our soul. We have to put limitations and understand what, what we can intake and how much and what we can, what we need to intake and understanding our bodies, you know, as a whole. If you have that subject in line, uh, you have no problem. You're, you're, you're fit, you're alert, uh, everything's in place and, um, you, you that is part of success, uh, you know, and uh, and not abusing your body, uh, and getting rid of all the, the drugs and and all of the illegal stuff that's coming in uh, into our country, all the compounds and the substances, get rid of it. You know, it's not needed. Um, I'm a, I'm wholeheartedly into cannabis. I believe cannabis is a wonderful plant. And um, uh, I think it does really good. And, and my perspective, it's done good. Uh, it keeps you creative, collective, and um, it keeps me in line, you know, and, and, and it calms you down too, you know, at least it, I'm a calm person, but even more so it calms me down, you know. Uh, be, by me being calm and perspective, then my listening abilities are to a great extent. And listening is the most important thing you can have, the art of listening, you know, not speaking, but actually, because the more you listen, the more knowledge you interpret, uh, and the more situations you understand, you know, so listening is a, is a huge part in, in the whole ordeal. I didn't realize you um, eating cannabis, Brock, that's, that's interesting. I've never, never met anyone that... Um did it in a way that they're happy to talk about it's usually something that's kept under wraps but um it's quite interesting that you're able to uh to share that so uh i, I do appreciate it 
um how do you intend on listening more so if you think about the, the ways that people can listen to others whether it's in conversation going door to door that sort of thing it reminds me of the doorstep salespeople, where they just go around and just talk about things and understand what your problems are and how what they're selling can help you solve those things i imagine you've got some experience in this in your business ventures and things like that nature so how do you intend on listening more how how do you do it you have to you have to listen you have to listen to everybody um you know more so than talking uh, more more so than uh speaking listening and uh, and many perspectives of a subject is very important too when you go to a doctor and doctor tells you checks you up and says you know you have cancer. Are you going to trust that doctor because you spoke to only one uh, professional, supposedly, right? A doctor. Uh, my my uh, whole notion is always get three or four opinions out there. Don't make a decision on the basis of one interpretation or uh, you've heard uh, only one person. I think if you hear uh, a raise of many people, then your decision making would be uh, would be in, in greater chances uh, for your uh, success, and that's how I've always led. Uh, you know, I'm a contractor, I'm a builder as well, um, and I always get three, four estimates. I understand what this person is in his, in his proposal, what he's uh, proposing, second, third. They all have a range of prices too, if you notice. Uh, there's high, middle, low, there's all type of situations, but understanding that the proposals are apples for apples. Okay, so they're doing equivalent, uh, equivalency of the job. They're all in line, but yet, you know, one person's high in the middle and low. So I usually go with the one in the middle uh, because of the fact that the high one is just high in the sky, uh, I don't know what they're thinking about. Then you have the middle ones, and then you have the low ones. Low ones, um, chances are they won't make it. They'll lose money or, you know, they'll walk off the job, and then you'll be uh, without a contractor. So the middle one, you know, between the two will come in, and, and they can, you know, make uh profitability out of the transaction and you will get what is promised and, and the job will be done. So um, that's basically how I look at the perspectives. So listening and you also learn from each uh, prospect that you interview, you know, you interview this contractor, that contractor, all three of them, they all give you different perspectives too. So you have to understand uh, which which one is uh, the one that uh, will fit your objective and getting to where you need to go uh, and, and cost efficiently and stretching as much as your currency uh, to the max. I mean, you, you want to get value uh, for uh, your, your money. You want to stretch the dollar. And that's the whole goal, you know, beating the odds. I appreciate you taking the, the time to share stuff like this because very often we don't really listen enough 
when we're trying to solve problems, get along, try to have this peaceful experience called life that we're all so committed to. And yet more and more I'm seeing less people getting along. We seem to be arguing a lot more. We seem to be just trying to get our point across a lot more and it can become a mess. It can become a bit of a mess. And I wonder what your thoughts are on things like trying to be equal while also trying to get along with people that we may disagree with, have different viewpoints than us. How do we get around all of this? How do we get along with one another given all of this? You know, we're all different. We're all unique. We're all trying to get that across, so to speak. But we can end up in a position where we just end up agreeing to disagree the whole time. And we never seem to establish anything we never seem to agree on anything and we just stay that way we just say well, well i'm not going to engage with this person because they disagree with me when what you really should be doing as you said is listening learning trying to understand them and then progress from there because i can't tell you how often my beliefs and my opinions have changed just by talking to someone and trying to understand things and try to change my own perspective and my own opinions on things the more people you talk to the more skilled you become the more knowledgeable you become the more i guess right in a way that you become by by shaping things in that way so how do you think about it yeah absolutely i mean um we first off we have to respect each other uh really i mean it's not what's outside of a person it's really what's inside of a person and that's the soul and i always look into the eyes of a uh, of a person that i'm uh, speaking with uh, and uh and uh it's not about you know who they are what they are it's about knowing the fact of uh what kind of person is in front of you uh, what kind of soul are they what and that's by communication so how are you able to know someone? You know, I mean, I, I'm just the first time with you. Um, just talking with you now, you know, freely as though we know each other since kindergarten. Uh, it's about respect. You know, I respect you. You respect me. We came on this podcast together, right? Not knowing each other. And here we are in a conversation. So you're listening. I'm listening. We're both listening. We're out of respect for each other. That's number one. Um, yeah, and then later on, whatever you hear across the aisle of, of both sides or whatever, how many sides or parties it may be, everybody's going to have a different perspective. It's just respecting their perspective, you know, respecting it, li listening to them. Uh, so long that they're respectful and cordial, then there is a situation here. But if they're uh, abrupt or they're disrespectful or they cuss you out or uh, they come on the wrong side, uh, then, you know, I mean, that's a little bit too much. <laughs> that's way too much. Uh, and I've, in times, I mean, no, in my life, I mean, nobody really uh, have come uh, to me in a sense of cussing me out or, you know, because whatever you portray to people and that's what you get back, you know, there's no free lunch. So I'm always very respectful towards people and I honor people and I love people and I give people the benefit of the doubt. Now, if they 
perhaps, you know, after I respect them and they're unrespectful towards me and I, and I keep respecting and I always will respect no matter what. And that's just my nature, you know, even uh, however. But if it gets uh, in a heated moment, you know, then I just, um, I have to walk away. <laughs> I have to walk away. But yeah, usually I always sit in uh, all the conversations. Everybody feels comfortable with me. Um, I give them a, a respectful, uh, uh, a very sense of respect uh, and honesty and transparency and straightforwardness where everybody could relate to. And um, that's the art of me, basically. Um, I just started uh, to... Uh, I already am uh, on board with uh, my first book. Uh, so uh, we wrote uh, yesterday, they're writing the first chapter for me. And it'll be a very interesting book. And I, and I suggest everybody, once it goes on the shelves, uh, to pick one copy up. It'll be a, an amazing book. You know, uh, I believe uh, through my book of real life experiences that I had, uh, I hope I could touch millions of people out there and, um, you know, and, and, and setting and steering them in the right direction where they have hope, they have faith, uh, and they have uh, success in the subjects uh, that they want to be in. I made a lot of mistakes in my life. You know, I'm not perfect. Um, I've, I've had a lot of successes as well. Uh, but if I didn't have the failures, I wouldn't be where I am today and, and the successes that I'm in. And yeah, along the way, you have to take the hits. You know, you, you have to be able to be resilient. No matter uh, if it was a good day or a bad day, the next day will be better. If this today wasn't the best day for you, there is always tomorrow, you know, and tomorrow is a brighter day. Every day brings its own day. And you have to take it day by day. And a person has to look at uh, the, uh, you know, the total perspective, you know, not look at it day by day. In other words, measure it by week, measure it by month, measure it by year. If you uh, have uh, grown uh, within the month, you've grown within the year, year over year, then you're doing very well. You know, and that's what you have to look at. Um, and you can't give up. You know, if you're passionate about something and you love something within your heart and you believe in yourself, you have to do it. You know, and to have regrets afterward because of the fact that you didn't do it, uh, that's, you know, you shouldn't live with regrets. You should do everything within your heart, whatever you're passionate about, and just do it. Just like Nike says, just do it. What will go down as the, I guess, failure that had the best lessons in it? So what was the thing that you failed at, but you were able to come back stronger, learn the biggest lessons? What would that situation be? And what were the lessons that you learned from that? Well, life is a lesson. Um, 
you, I, we're living day by day, minute by minute, second by second, by the milliseconds. It's all a lesson. It's all experience. Um, yeah, uh, it, it doesn't help to be down. There's no time to be down. You know, what happens is uh, the clock keeps turning forward. I never seen um, the time go backwards. Uh, I've, I've always noticed it goes forward. So time is very precious. You understand? Uh, you cannot get your time back. Uh, you cannot buy health. You cannot buy happiness. Uh, you cannot. You cannot buy certain things in life. You know, um, other things. Yeah, I mean, monetary you could buy. Uh, but time is a very uh, precious commodity, and uh, you have to put the time into use to for your advantages. And there's seriously no time to be down. So if you're down uh, because you because I let's say I failed on on an issue or subject. Uh, I get back up, you know, I brush myself off, and I move along. Now, uh, by, by failing, you know, that taught you what not to do, and what you need to do. Um, and, and, and if you do it again, that, that means I don't know what to tell you, you know. Uh, so, uh, you, you just got a better, you got a, you have a stone, right? You're carrying and the stone is heavy and you, you just got to let that stone down. And that is a stepping stone of, you know, further going up and elevating yourself. You use that stone to elevate. You don't carry that stone with you, you know, um, you have to be very, also very, uh, expressive and open, um, and you have to also uh, uh, interpret your feelings to people. It's very important to interpret yourself to people. Don't carry that pain inside of you. Even if you're to, even let's say you're not to blame and someone else is the blame or doesn't matter what it is. Uh, be the bigger person, you know, apologize, you know, even though you're not, you're, you're, you're right and not wrong. You know, because two wrongs don't make a right. You know, that's for sure. So one person has to compromise regardless. So apologizing, being sincere. Um, uh, and that's what has led me more to successes. And I have been failed. I'm not saying as a kid, I've learned a lot uh, growing up. Uh, and uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's part of life. It's part of life. But in the end result is uh, you utilize it. It's an experience. You tried and uh, you moved on. Brack, it's been fantastic. I really enjoyed having this, this conversation with you. I know you mentioned your book before, but for those that want to learn more about you, maybe they want to connect with you, possibly even vote for you. How can they do that? Where can they go? Please uh, utilize my platform, my uh Website is www.barak, that's spelled B-A-R-A-K-Z as in zebra, I-L, B as in boy, E-R, B as in boy, E-R-G, dot com. Um, yeah, enter my platform. There's all my policies there as to how I want to uh, lead the country. Uh, furthermore, I'm on Instagram, uh, Barack Zilberberg. 
Uh, I have them in uh, uh, Twitter, X, uh, Brock Zillerberg, Facebook, um, uh, TikTok, you name it. Just go in there and, and check my content. You know, it's very interesting. Um, and uh, I look forward to uh, serving all of you out there and all the American people and the world. Uh, and uh, again, uh, so we're all family. We're all, we're all, uh, we're all friends, you know. May God bless America. May God bless the world. May God bless you all. Um, and always keep in your hearts uh, love and positivity. Uh, negativity is okay to hear, but deter and be more positive than negative, And that'll help a lot. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I was very appreciative. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for... Uh, Again, having me on, uh, it, it was just amazing. Thank you. Have a wonderful evening. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your life. Uh, live a, a, a prosperous uh, uh, and a healthy and a happy life. I wish you and all of you out there who are listening in too. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Those that are listening, feel free to subscribe, share the show, tell others, and also leave a review wherever you are listening in to your podcasts. Brack has been fantastic. Thanks so much, sir. I've enjoyed it, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you. Thank you.